Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bit Effect. Today, we are talking about near replicant version square root of 1.5. Craig. Yes. This is an important episode. Yorha better be ready for this. Oh, totally ready. Totally. All right. Just uh, ask me anything apart from the square root of 1.5. Well, I don't know if we probably talked about that. It'd, it'd be near unlistenable. As you heard in the intro, joining me today to talk about near, not automata, replicant, I'm sorry, I'm gonna screw that up at some point, is my good friend, the Emil to my near Craig. Hello, how are you today? I am doing quite well, not wearing a stupid mask at all. How are you? I am good. I am also not wearing a stupid mask because a stupid mask would mean that the audio quality would be slightly diminished. This is very true. Okay, so a little bit of backstory before we crack right into this. Um, Craig had previously zero experience with the Mirror franchise. An earlier episode way back in the day... Um, we did Nier Automata, and that was Craig's first exposure to both Yukotaro and Nier. And by golly, if you want to listen to that episode, you go right ahead. But Craig, spoiler, how did we feel, Craig? It's, it, it's um, um, amazing. Like, Nier Automata is still one of my favorite games of all time. Coupled with the fact that it was earlier days bit effect and I would I'm always hesitant to recommend listening to an earlier episode was it's that back poison. in was it back in the bad old days or yeah let's say the the, the dark times mm -hmm. which I can't wait till we get even better and this is the new dark times I know otherwise like Nier Automata is top 10 material easily easily of all generations one of the best games ever so we decided with the remasters release this would be the best time to expose Craig to old Nier and that's what we're here to talk about today so um, a couple of things I want to get off right away I have played the old Nier back when it was on the 360 uh, we're not going to be so much doing a compare and contrast because you can get that anywhere. This is just meant to be, if you're a fresh face looking at Mirror Replicant coming from Automata, this is what you're going to talk about. Um, we're also not going to talk about Ending E. That's the new ending that was added that does some things, and it's still kind of newish, so I don't really want to spoil that. But A, B, C, and D we will be talking about. So if you're worried you'll get spoiled on E... Don't worry about it. You're safe. So, Craig. Yes. Why don't you give us the stats? Cool. Uh, so, near replicant <clears throat> version 1.22474487139. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Repeat. Was developed by. Oh, no, yeah. Developed by Toy Logic, published by Square Enix, directed by Yoko Taro. The Man in the Mask. And it was released on PlayStation 4 in April of 2021, worldwide. Uh, a, a day early in Japan, I've, I've got no idea why. Um, released on Steam 
Same released on Xbox One, exact same. It was all April 2021. It's quite nice. For some strange reason, I, I find it refreshing that in this day and age, a game just releases on the same date worldwide. Like, there's no reason it shouldn't. No, absolutely. It, it's a wonderful little bonus to living in the age we live in, where it's like, no, nah, we don't have to wait that year and a half for it to mm-hmm. come to the West. It's great. I mm-hmm. love it. It was um, all right, Craig. So you talked a little bit about your experiences with Nier Automata, mm. as in you have a giant statue of 2B that you have married. Um, I, I mean, I've, I have married, but the body pillow and the statue quite often fight, so Ooh. I have to break them up. Is that um. or move to Utah and you can just marry them both? <laughs> uh, okay, so coming into Nier, what mm-hmm. were your thoughts? Like, like, did you have any expectations? Um, my my only expectations, like genuine, my only expectations were fairly fluid combat because it, it had to have come from somewhere because like Automata was pretty perfectly lovely in terms of fluidity in general combat, which and like some people actually don't like for some strange reason. But my expectation was in fluid combat, and it was on that um, multiple genre mix-up type thing like i had i felt like near automata was an evolution of something because it pulled in so many different elements from you know playing like a 2d platformer to move into a twin stick shooter to move into a mech warrior shooting scene yeah yeah to like a rail shooter to this that and the other to then explode all the credits to explode all the credits in a in a, in a vertical shooter, like everything screamed, this is an evolution or something. So I expected a lot of that from this game. All right, uh, myself going into this, I was hesitant because I had played it before, and the only thing that stood out in bright neon lights in my brain was the word jank. Like near had the reputation for being a game with some cool ideas, but, and there was always that but at the end, there was never Mm -hmm. a 100% enthusiasm for it. There's always but. Um, So I was interested to go back to the remaster also to see, okay, did they clean this up at all? And the answer is sort of? Sort of? Uh, So if you haven't played Nier Automata and you haven't played Nier and you're just listening out of curiosity, Craig, you want to explain a little bit about the combat and then maybe I'll talk about like the word system and things like that? Yeah, like general play-by-play combat is very um, hack and slashy. Yeah, pretty pretty hack and slashy, not chaotic, but pretty fluid. Yeah. jumping about the place so say that you could get attacked by i don't know dogs in a field would that be what what are those things in the shades field? you know shades that's it not dogs god I'm really terrible at this day craig did play this i promise i saw his trophy i, 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 I definitely I, I definitely did play it but um when it comes to describing things i'm really bad as you might find out next time i cannot name a single dark souls boss despite the fact that i fought them all <laughs> And just all of them are just wrongly named in my brain. My head cannon is way off. Um, So, like, general combat comes into that, you know, like, run up, encounter a a, a baddie, 
fight them, do whatever you need to do. It, there's no there's no loading screen into some sort of third area battle type place. It's just all run up to someone, hit them, run away, which I, I always love. I hate... Actually, can we say that? When When is Tales of Rise? Is it before this? No, I, I think this is after. Tales All right, of- okay. So, like, where Tales of my biggest frustration was, there was a fairly fluid combat system where you ran in and then you had a loading screen and it sent you to some sort of weird, you know, like, battle grout. Extra-dimensional pocket. Yeah, yeah, pretty much extra-dimensional pocket of whatever theme you were in and you fought an enemy. Um, Nier was not that at all. Uh, I found it fairly pleasant to just run up and hit people. If, if you're having trouble imagining what it is, imagine a RPG with roughly a Devil May Cry light yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of battle system. Uh, it, it's very hack and slashy. You can see why Platinum Games was tagged for the sequel based on this kind of battle system. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the only really RPG-ish elements that come into this, because you don't really have, ooh, I'm going to level up my stats or that kind of thing, is the word system. So at certain story points, and if you kill a you know an enemy and you're lucky enough to get a drop, it'll drop what's called a word. Now these are uh, nonsense words. They're, it's not like, ooh, I got the word bucket. I'm going to stick that on my sword. Uh, it, it's, it's nonsense words that are all modifiers for putting them on equipment. So let's say you have two slots on your sword. One word is bucket, and the other one is mongoose, right? So if you add bucket, then you get a plus 4% drop rate, and if you add mongoose, you get a plus 2% attack kind of thing. Uh, there's a an incredibly long list of words that all have different modifiers. Generally, it falls in the progression of stat plus two percent and then the word after that is plus four percent and then six mm-hmm. you know that kind of linear progression it's not really something that you can make a build out of of like oh hey i'm running a this kind of build in this game it's it's very much a no these are just you know if you feel like you're getting hit a whole bunch and you need more defense use these words if you want to attack stronger use these words uh and then you're also very much reliant on just what drops like for me all i was getting for a while were just attack ups which okay yeah that's fine so everything was attack up um it's not just your weapons you can also modify your spells to do to use these words as well but that's a point of contention because maybe you use two spells the entire game and i don't mean like once it's just, oh, I found the spell I like, and I view the rest as kind of useless. Yeah. So we're just going to really use these spells. So I I, would... I I very much had that that feeling, not just with spells, but with weapon choice. Like, it's not, you're not constantly trying to find a better weapon or a better version of your weapon. You find yeah. a weapon, you attach words to it, and I barely touched things again now now replicant does also add in uh the Lightbringer from automata so you can use some automata weapons and they have roughly the same moveset so it's kind of cool if you're coming back from automata personally and i knew this because i played it before i remembered spears are like way overpowered so i'm like i'm rocking spears this time 
and you just kind of melt through things with a spear. Everything else you have to be a little bit more tactical on, like swords or big two-handed weapons, but that's something I'm going to... Like, the first ding in the armor <laughs> of Nier is combat is fairly mindless. Uh, it is very mindless. Like, I actually can't remember what weapon I used. And now that you've mentioned spears, it might have been, and it might have been because I googled, you know, like, Nier Automata, best weapons... Type Google search. Be a replicant, Craig. Oh, God. You did it first. I did it first. I've broken the seal. Um, yeah, it is very mindless. At any level, at most difficulties, you are just dotting about the place doing stuff and mushing buttons. It took me way back to when I was on, like, when I was a fledgling. Um, Dark Souls gamer, and I keep saying that because we've been playing it so much, Dave. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But it took me back to mashing, but or or even like Street Fighter when we played Street Fighter, it, it took me back to the mashing buttons. It's not about the combat. It's not very technical. It's just smooshing. And I told Dave this. I think I remember I told you. Maybe I didn't tell you. Maybe this is a surprise. But I played. Nearly half of the game, nearly half of ah. the game, uh, Reese took care of most of the combat, and he is four. A ringing endorsement for the complexity of the combat of Nier. Yeah. Um, this is the second time in two weeks this has happened because we did the same with Tales of Arise. Yes. Um, I, I would argue Tales of is definitely a more complex. Oh, yeah battle system that you don't always need to take advantage of whereas this there is no complexity to take advantage of it is very much hit the attack button dodge when appropriate hit the attack button oh and pound down some herbs if you took a nasty hit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of thing um all right we started off on a little bit of a bad foot with uh talking about the combat and that's Mm -hmm. not really our fault it's just that's what you're going to be doing 90 percent of the time uh, one, the last thing that we should say about the combat before moving on a little bit is you will get party members. You will not notice that you have party members. Yeah. They are there <laughs> in flavor only. I don't know if I ever saw them once kill an enemy. Like, they're very much there for narrative purposes, as in mm-hmm. you get banter, you know, it sometimes moves a personal plot along. That's fine. Like, that's cool. Just know that when you get a party member, it's not like most other RPGs where, okay, I now have double the attack power. It is very much narrative only. All right. So, going into this, I want to talk about the way it looks, Craig, mm-hmm. because the world is interesting. Um, if you're having a little bit of trouble imagining what near might look like breath of fire dragon quarter is a good start there's a lot of industrial places dotted with natural places uh Craig, i don't even coming... know what you said there breath of fire what dragon quarter breath of fire dragon quarter yes uh, Those are two it is, made up words <laughs> uh they're all real words just in a made-up fashion uh-huh um, yeah Okay, so uh, side note, uh, Breath of Fire oh, is Capcom's RPG series. Uh, okay. It started on the SNES, ran to the PS2, and it, the turn-based RPG. 
uh, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, which mm-hmm. I would like to do a Breath of Fire at some point. It's got this weird thing where you mix, you splice genes of other dragons to make unique dragons, and that's what you fight at. Anyway, oh. all that beside the point. Uh, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter was like, okay, we're going to move like way into the future, and now everything's industrial. But what made that game unique was that was a roguelike sort of. So mm-hmm. you played, like imagine playing a Final Fantasy, you could probably cut all this out, but imagine yeah, uh, playing a Final Fantasy game until you hit a boss that you just statistically cannot beat, right? Okay, yeah. You die. When you die, it's not game over, you restart. But you keep everything you've gotten along the way. It's kind of like a roguelike. That, like that roguelite anus, I don't know why I said anus there, but I meant roguelite-iness is exactly what I wish every roguelite had was you die, you might start at the start, but just please let me keep the weapons or my levels or my my experience, but let me keep something to make things... Yeah, until you blast at the beginning again really quick and then uh-huh. you get to that boss and now you're strong enough to beat it. And then it it's almost like... um where you you go forward two steps and then go back and then go forward three mm-hmm. steps. and then, uh, It also has this really cool, unique system where, let's say you can go into superpower mode, right? Over the course of the game, it's constant. Like, you use 10% of this superpower meter. And for the rest of the game, Ooh. it's at 10%. If you decide to go to 20%, it sticks at 20 The problem is, if you're relying on it too much and you take it to 100 you die, have to restart. Oh, Okay. So it's a very tempting, ah, uh, do I use it now? Do I not use it now? Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's a very interesting game. It's super flawed, but super interesting. Anyway, okay. that was Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what this game reminds me of in terms of aesthetics. What about you, Craig? Like, compared to Automata, do you see this as one piece, or do you see this as vastly different? Oh, no. The, 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 like, a lot of it, those very similar areas... Um, the, much simpler but very similar areas like if you run through the deserty type bit and you see a big metal bridge and you and, and things just look it looks like and way in the which it is way in the future industry overtaken by sands and storms and whatever it, it, to me it had the exact same feel of automata minus you know, some of the bigger factory buildings and things that you see in Automata. But for the, the open areas, it felt pretty similar. And and the way the map is laid out and the way you move between areas is still pretty similar as well. So it, it, I could see the DNA in there. Okay, so uh, one thing I want to ask you is, in this, they made, what would you say, eight, nine areas, tops? Yeah, and yeah, just about, you yeah. end up reusing them in different contexts, right? So, like, you mm-hmm. go to the village, and it's going to be slightly different when you end up going back to the village. Yeah. Did any of that ever wear out for you on first New Game Cycle? No, it, like, I thought it would end up doing that thing where I, I got fed up of backward and forwarding. Like, sometimes you do get fed up of, oh, God, of came here again, I need to run down to the town to yeah, run the, through. Yeah, the factory to... again? Yeah, I need, I need to do that, and I need to do that again. To be honest, I, I kind of just accepted fate and went with it. It feels slightly old, it feels like a bit contrived at points, but never, never too 
shit. Okay. Um, like, this time I did get tired of it. Like, especially the dungeon areas, like the uh, the forest. That was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk in, you do some cool wordy stuff, and then you walk yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, same with, like, Seafront, which that is that's the one thing I'll compare and contrast. All of the Seafront bits that happened later on in the game with the little girl, that's all new. Before, that oh, okay. was never there. Okay. So uh, we will be talking about that in case you're curious, listener. Um, but yeah, if I had to go visit the dungeon again, if if I had to visit, uh, what's it called? Like if I end up going through the the shrine again one more time, I'm I'm gonna lose my brain. Uh, okay. Or uh, even stuff like the desert facade, the village. It's like mm-hmm. okay, I gotta hop on that platform and I gotta, I gotta the, run around. And... Oddly, I, I finished exactly what I said, and I immediately thought, "Oh my god, see if I have to ride on one of those platforms again." <laughs> it um, just, it goes on a bit. Yeah, well, I, I want to talk specifically about facade. Uh, mm-hmm. The the only cool thing I will say is about having so many like demarcated like nope, this is the area. That's it. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it is cool how every place holds a little mini narrative that you end up working through, and yeah, yeah. they don't overlap very often, if at all, really. Uh, so world design is good if you take for granted this is a 360 game that is getting remastered. Um, but in all in all, the world is incredibly small. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about something that I'm really, like, 100% behind, and that is the music. Oh, yeah. Um, it's incredible. As, like, going between this and Automata, the music is incredible. And, and like, near Automata music, I hold up with the highest of highest. Of, like, if near Automata was a top 10 game, the music of near Automata is, like, a top 3 soundtrack to a game to me it is fantastic but near replicant obviously there we go. thank you got it I, I did pause um it doesn't it doesn't have the same music obviously because it's a different game but it does something it twigged something really weird in my brain i listened to every track and I like went through it and i played it and it's fantastic and once you do a specific thing which might be finished the game the first time i can't remember you can then tune in the near automata music to the near replicant and i was playing through it and i all of a sudden realized i don't i'm not i didn't like that as much as i liked the near replicant music and it's not that i like the replicant soundtrack more than the automata soundtrack but it just what they do with it fits every single place you are, every single cut scene you're in. The music just fits it. I find it phenomenal over two games that that has been the, the highest of high, perfect strong points of both games has been the music and soundtrack. It's it's incredible. Um, I like the music so much to this game that I don't want to butcher the names of the three main composers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, Google who did this music and buy them a beer if you know them. Because, uh, yes, I agree 100%. Near Automata, like, is still, I'm with you there. It, it is mm-hmm. some of the best soundtrack I've ever heard in a video game. And it, it, it's, like, right up there with Chrono Cross in terms of, like, this is phenomenal. 
uh, near replicant. I don't think it, when I sat down and listened to it, just listening to the music, right? Because it's yeah. that good where I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to sit here, have a cup of tea, listen to some near music. Um, I don't think it holds up as well to just listening to it, except for a few standouts. Like, I don't know if I'd ever get tired of the Song of the Ancients, the ones that Devil mm -hmm. and Popola mm -hmm. sing. Mm -hmm. Like, that will now live rent-free in my brain for a very long time because it is phenomenal. Uh, some of the more, what's the word I'm looking for? Ambiguous ones where it's like the battle track four. Eh, it fits where it is in the games where it's not standing out as bad, but it's not as much fun to just listen to it. But yeah, I agree 100%. Like Nier and Nier Automata, they did a very good job of keeping them of the same like genre and theme. I'm not yeah, a music yeah. critic. I'm sorry. I can't be like, oh, the instrumentation on this. I, I don't know. I just know, wow, they're both really good. Yeah. They, like very similar feeling and very similar um, reaction to them. Like just gut visceral reaction of, oof, very good. Uh, very good. Uh, okay. So in terms of how this ties in, when you came back to Nier, were you looking for that... 100% okay let's see if Nier leads into Automata or were you kind of just of the whatever story it tells is fine by me nope uh, second whatever story it tells is fine by me um, Nier Automata gave enough grace that you could just give me a game and say this is a Nier game and I would mm -hmm. roll with it without any other there was no reliance on how good Nier Automata was to me to how good this was going to be or how it tied in. Or, like, I would have accepted if at the end it said, we're in multiverses, it went full Spider-Man, Strange, Marvel, and went, it's completely separate, it doesn't make a difference, they're all separate things. It wouldn't have mattered. Okay. Um, Which, like, I think maybe I wouldn't have done that 10 odd years ago, I would have been like, well, I need to see how this ties into Nier Automata and how the end of this game links to whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. No, I mean, that, that's fair enough. I mean, I was going, I kind of coming back the opposite from you. I'm like, okay, out of curiosity, let me see how much this actually does lead into it. Uh, there are little twigs that happen here and there where it's like, okay, all right, okay, I think I understand. Um, Again, not spoiling it, but ending E 100% puts a, and this is how they link. Um, one thing that surprised me coming back to it, because again, it is old, is the quality of the voice acting. Yeah, like, I, I think I read somewhere that um, version 1.2488247252, whatever, um, every character is voice acted, which wasn't the case before and listening to it oh my golly gosh the voice cast is spectacular even like devil and poplar are great everyone's great um what's his face Grim grimoire vice grimoire vice i want to read me bedtime stories oh. every night until i die i i cannot like on from the start of when he pops out and you twat him about the place and then he becomes your buddy to the end of the game is phenomenal, like absolutely phenomenal voice acting, and it really, 
it's a lot of these weird things like the music and the voice acting and things actually pull you through a lot of the game whereas sometimes you don't think about that stuff because you're too busy punching people in the face i actually got really dragged along but not dragged that is the wrong word i got, got really along. yeah pulled along no that's still not that's yeah i, I guess that, dri- that's mm-hmm, it's the same word i was driven to play more based on the there fact that i was so in- i was engaged with it because of that um, um absolutely incredible yeah, the standouts for me are by far Grimoire Vice and Emil. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Ky- we'll, we'll talk about Kaine. We will talk mm-hmm. about her. Um, nothing against and her, her pants. And her lack of, or pants that she wears. <laughs> but there's nothing against, like, Mir, and there's nothing against, like, Devil and Popola. They all did a fantastic job. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But, like, um, Grimoire Vice and Emil, for me, were the, dude, I just want these guys to talk more. Emil, because he's such yeah. a sweet, sweet, sweet little boy. And Grimoire, because he should be wearing a monocle. He's just got that kind of voice. Yeah. Um. Okay, so the beginning of the game, I think, hits really hard still. Do you have it in your brain how that fits in with the rest of the game? I, like I like by the end of it, I almost completely forgot about what happened at the start of it. <laughs> like I literally almost forgot that I left my—is it my sister or my daughter in this one? My sister. I, and this is sister. Yeah, I left my sister in a shop and ran off to beat people up and stuff like. Like it totally didn't make sense. And then because you obviously awaken in the townhouse and whatever village you're in, I was thinking. Is this a time travel story? Is this a like a universe, multiverse type story? I was trying to figure out what it was. And then I just assumed that it was some sort of cyclical, you know, sci-fi thing where it happened in the past and it's going to keep on happening. That's where my brain took it. So I, I, just, I sorry. sorry. On you go. I, I do want to remind me later if I forget, I do want to talk about uh, the differences between having uh, Papa Nier and Brother Nier. Like I, I think I think there's a bit of a difference there, but we'll talk about that later. Uh yeah, coming back to it, playing it again, I'm like, where where I don't remember this at all. <laughs> um and I like to the point where I actually Googled a let's play and was like, no, no, it was there in the first game. I completely forgot it. Uh I think I have it a little grokked on how it fits, but that'll be either for later or for you to find out on your own, dear listener. Because in case you haven't noticed, we are a very mechanics-focused podcast, not necessarily a deep-diving-into-the-lore well, yeah, kind yeah. of podcast. Uh, we will talk about the story a little bit, because I think some of it is is very interesting. All right, so, you made it to the village. You're all like, my sister, she's sick. By golly, we should get her a cure. And mm-hmm. you run into your first side quest, Craig. <laughs> and this this being an RPG, you go in with the best of intentions of let's clear out the side quests. Um and now that this is all behind you, how does one feel about the side quest system in this game? I oh, it's painful pain painful is the word. Dated fetchy backwards and forwardsing. Don't nah. forget the farming. For your goat meat. 
farming cycle. Yeah, like even even that. Oh, these ten cow. I need ten cow meats. Go off and get ten cow meats from over there. I every. I didn't find one engaging side quest. In fact, the only thing I found vaguely interesting was sometimes there would be an NPC guard that would say, my brother is in Seafront. Could you please make sure that he's okay? <laughs> like, even that is t technically, you talk to one person, then you talk to the postman in, the, in Seafront and then talk to the other guy again. And you're like, yeah, that was the worst side quest ever. It had a bit of humanity because the NPC had some sort of tie to the thing. But for the most part, nah, they're all garbage. Like, it, every it, single one. Oh, don't forget, though, the, the side quest where you have to deliver an incredibly breakable package. Oh. Um, oh, rolling, I, I got roll, some... Ev no, no, no. <laughs> I got perverse joy out of that. A little bit of like, okay, this is what I would consider a nice troll from the developer. Okay, this is kind of funny. And then they did it three more times, and you're like... You know what, buddy? We're going to talk. Um, so the side quest system is as basic as Craig was describing. Go get me 10 goat meats. Hey, you, find me five machine oils. Oh, no, I have to cook a dinner. Could you get me some rice that you can grow in your house if you wait four years for them to grow? Um, we'll talk about the different like side uh, activities that are in this. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I googled and... It showed how the people that worked on the side quests for this got a Nobel Prize for the most scientific way to suck out a man's soul. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, these are the most soul-sucking, unfun side quests I've seen since No More Heroes. And don't you pull that shenanigans of like, er, but it's actually a commentary on how other games do. No, because I still had to do them. You can't yeah. do a commentary on how bad this is while also doing the bad thing. Doesn't work that way. No. The, Yo, Kataro, no, stop it. There was, there was, there was the, oh, this is commentary on how we make you do useless things and why are you just listening to games? And then I started getting, you know, like, Hotline Miami vibes of we didn't <laughs> tell you to punch people. It was your choice to punch people. And I just like, oh, no, I don't, I just don't like, think it's right. You, or The way I had it uh, explained to me when I was a... Uh, a young man who was getting into like film and then quickly avoided that so I could play more Breath of, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter uh, was you cannot make a film about how bad World War II is while also making a film that makes World War II look cool. You can't do it. You can't go war is bad but look at how cool these guys are. Like it, yeah. it doesn't work. It's the exact same thing. You can't say look at how bad side quests are today while we make you do bad side quests. No, it doesn't work. Um, the only thing I can think of if they weren't doing some kind of misguided commentary is they wanted to find a way to make sure that you see some of these humanity injecting stories like the old lady in the lighthouse or something like that. Right. And couldn't figure a way to make the sure the player would talk to these people because I mean, I'm as guilty as everybody else has ever played an RPG of like, I don't want to talk to all the, all the townspeople. I want to go and find the princess and bring her back and that be that. I don't want to talk to every single townsperson every time I go to town. So I can, I, I have sympathy for it, but the way they decided to do it, I don't think was very good at all. No, nope. I, um, I have less sympathy. I commend okay. you 
for your sympathy, but I really royally got riled up. Oh, really royally riled um, by most side quests. Even go and take this fragile package. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it, the first couple were funny. I don't know. The first what the first time I took one was from one of the guards, and the first thing I did was yep. rolled or something, and they're like, "Oh god, I smashed that package." Yeah, that's what mm. I did. You like two steps out the gate and then roll. Yeah. And... Um, uh, one compliment I will give this game though. I'm sorry, it's a scatter shot. Is you are very zippy. You move mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as fast as some small European cars. Uh, you can really book when you want to book. And I think it's that way because most of this world is empty and barren. There is not much to do at all in the wider world. No, the like, areas between areas, like going between the town and seafront, you have to cross over one wee windy cliff face, a gigantic mm-hmm. pasture land full of cows, and then another cave. And does nothing happens the whole the whole time you just it's it doesn't even get different over the course of the game it's just mm-hmm. here's the same enemies you've seen over and over again and then halfway through it'll be like oh new enemies this is great and then it's those same enemies for the rest of the game yeah uh yeah it it, it almost feels like you probably could have made a world map menu driven and had it be just as impactful because yeah, there's yeah. nothing... I mean, the only thing I think you would miss out on would be the banter, but then you could transplant the banter into mm-hmm. while you're just doing battle on other thing. But I'm not a game developer. Don't listen to me. No, um, I think the, the, the bantery bit was quite nice, and that's what you get like in Tales. You get that from the skits. Yeah. And skits now, for me, for some surgeries, means diarrhea. Is that normal? Uh, those skits? are the skids. Oh, I would call it skits. And I just made that connection just now for some strange reason. It's got no nothing to do with this game, um, because some of the like some of the chat between Kanye and Emil is downright gorgeously cute, and some of the chat between Kanye and your sister shows some of Kanye's humanity, and it's all very nice and lovely and cute. But I don't need to walk across a field to hear it. You know, like. That's no, yeah, I, 100, like almost uh, could have been fine as a cutscene. Like, uh, for example, the cutscene where you see Kaine and Emil doing the campfire when they're camping out. Yes. Like, yes. just make it a cutscene. It's enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. That, and, and that was absolutely lovely. And Kaine as Kaine, she's like, don't tell anyone that I made marshmallows with you or whatever, like, whatever it was. And you're like, oh, that was kind of nice. Right. What's kind of, like it is weird for as little as and this is one hundred percent in this game's favor for as little as you actually interact with these characters they very quickly drill a hole in your heart yeah. like and I guess I could have put that in a less gross way but yeah. they very quickly endear themselves to you like five I minutes after a meal started talking you're like dude I just want to give you a hug mm-hmm. like that's it. I had an odd thing, an odd revelation. It was actually my final note before I gave up. Was I had realised that see when you're dotting about the place and you're doing side quests, you're doing quests. If you check in on your sister who's in bed for the first half of the game, you get 
items, you know, like there's always, whenever you reload the area, you can always pick up some health or something yeah. from your house. I, by the end of it, I didn't care about the items, but I was still going in to see what dialogue she had or to check how she was. And it was, I did that and then I was like, oh, it's made me feel things. <laughs> like, and I really... Well, <laughs> uh yes and 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 i re- uh to whoa bleh. i was gonna segue and then my mouth farted uh okay yeah. so while you're checking on your sister which is something you can do whenever you want for a good chunk of the game let's also talk about i love the way this game does an approach to inside buildings i love that vertical slice here's a dollhouse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is charming as hell, and it's also a very elegant way to get around doing inside building cameras. Because this game has a problem with inside building cameras. Uh, and that is, if you go 90 degrees really quick, the camera's just like, oh shit, I lost them! And then very yeah. quickly moves. Uh, the camera system, for the most part, is good in this, but on, in very quick situations, it can get wonky. Yeah, it's like an amateur golf cameraman that can't keep track of the ball. <laughs> or a tennis camera that's that's yeah. always one shot behind. Oh, 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 oh where's the ball? Oh, oh. Um, no, that that was one of my major things at the early game. I kind of thought, oh, great, it's kept. Because to me, that read 3D platformer, or not 3D platformer, but sorry, 3D open world into 2D platformer. It made me think... Great, there's this change in interacting or engaging with the game, which is part of what Automata was so good at. It, mm-hmm. it, it gave me hope. It didn't play on it too much. There wasn't a lot. There was some top-down box puzzles. and so I want to talk about like the different modes of play in yeah, its own okay. little section. Okay, so. fair enough. Sorry, sorry. Um, anyway, no, I did like Indoor's Slice. I wish they'd done that with the library. Because I swear to God, the amount of times I walked the wrong way out of <laughs> Devla and Popola's door, I was like, oh my God, where am I? And then I just started jumping off the cliff, the Yep, the balcony. Yeah, you jump off the balcony and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so like Craig mentioned there, uh, Yoko Taro cannot concentrate on one thing for more than 20 minutes. He has a problem with maintaining focus and that bleeds over in his games as here's a bunch of different things you can do. Um, uh, it seems like he was way less restricted here than he would be in Automata in terms of mm-hmm. focus. Like in Automata, they all kind of bled into each other really well. You could be in the middle of a battle, do that hacking minigame, come out, still continue your comp. Like it, yeah, it worked yeah. really well. Um, there was fishing because this is a Japanese game and by law <laughs> you have to have fishing. Uh, the fishing in this is by far some of the worst i've ever had and Mm -hmm. craig just so you're aware this is the fixed version of the fishing the fishing before was way worse the fish just i've just i mean at this point there's no point in me saying anything other than fishing uh, like sancho bob (laughs) being hit by a rake i just uh, yeah um so some of the different modes of play are you have a garden that is the most tedious thing to ever plant and harvest. Every single little notch on this row of plantable space is you have to put the seed in, you have to water it, 
then you have to wait, then you have to individually harvest. Like, it takes a cool idea and makes it worse than Chocobro breeding. It's Did you interact with this at all, Craig? Or did you say, ah, screw it? Did it, did it once, thought, fuck that. It's like, in all honesty, I like, I like the idea and the intention. The execution is clunky and poor. I think if you're going to do that, oh no, I can't say that. What? I was going to say, a really good game that mixes that kind of, because to me that's just, it's just something like Dragon Quest. Is that okay to oh, say? Yeah. Like, like yeah. Dragon Quest, when you, when you go and you've got your wee farm and you do your wee bits and bobs, that feels satisfying and it feels like it has a purpose because you're in an area that drives you having to keep a farm going. Whereas in near, it just felt like a tedious side activity that garnered no benefit to you or the area you're in. Okay, um, really quick, Craig. Uh, mm-hmm. This may be editable, but mm-hmm. I don't remember having a farm in Dragon Quest. What the hell am I thinking? Of? Dragon Quest Builders. Sorry, Dragon okay. Quest Builders, not Dragon Quest. Okay, I, I, so I went sorry. with you, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. wait. Okay, all right, no, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, like, um, you may be thinking to yourself, why am I listening to this? And that I can't answer for you. But if you're <laughs> thinking to yourself, why did they pair these two games together? Craig, mm-hmm. I didn't tell you, but can you get the dichotomy that I thought of along the way? Out of curiosity, this isn't like between Between Tails and Nier? Mm-hmm. Why did you pair them together? Why did you pair Niels, Niels and Tear? <laughs> Niels um, and Tear, my favorite punk band. The fact that they both have fashion. Well, that could be uh, any game from Japan <laughs> from 1987 onward. They're both more traditional, mechanically JRPGs. Um, uh, they both have the management of livestock. Or flowers. You're close. So, okay. after playing Tails, because we were still a little squiffy on, okay, are we for sure going to do Nier? And then I played Tails. And uh, Craig, I believe you played Nier first and then Tails, and I played Tails first and then yep, Nier. Yep, yep. And what comes out like a shining bright bulb is Tails is frictionless. Nier, they put friction on literally everything. There's friction in the side quests. There's friction in the mini games. There's friction even in the story. There's it. It is friction the game. Like nothing is easy. Tails, big fan of lube. Near raw dog it. Like like it is. It is just the most f- tedious game sometimes, and that's why I think these two make a great pair. Um. Where in Tales, it was not necessarily always fun, but it was a pleasure to just bloop, okay, I'm going to go fishing, and oh, hit this button to get this specific fish, and there you go. Or I'm going to manage my farm by bloop, 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 done. This, it is so tedious, the fishing, the the delivering the mail. Like, like arguably, delivering the mail no. and finding the hoodles are roughly the same thing. One was infinitely more fun than the other. 
Um, so if you decide to play this, do keep that in mind. This is friction the game. Um, so if you're like, well, I don't want to fish and I, I don't want to raise wheat for a living, <laughs> then you're kind of left to, would you like to deliver letters? And that's about it. Um, this isn't really like a living, breathing, fun world for you to inhabit. No. This this is a world that is there to tell a story, and that is it. Which I, I don't think in and of itself is a bad thing. Like, it's perfectly fine. No, it's not, it's not a bad thing. I think the, my only problem with it is the game would have been infinitely better if it just didn't have those other elements. Like, and like this... Okay. I'm sorry. No, I no, no, no. I was just going to say that, like that, to me, like reeks of padding out. Thing, I, I get really irritated with things that are obviously padded out, and this has one of those vibes to it. Of oh, I, this could have been much more streamlined. And to be honest, I didn't do enough research into it to to realize whether or not this was. Okay, the the publisher wants more game time to this. We need to add things. Or if this was one hundred percent a Yokotaro vision of maybe he just thinks you need some tedium in your video games. I don't know. Uh, that would be something interesting to look into. Okay, I agree with you on the padding. Like I would say, this game is conservatively forty five percent padding. Like oh, between yeah. Like, yeah. like every time you have to go to that factory and you have to climb up those ladders nope. and then come down oh. and you can't jump off the top because boy that would just be too quick. You gotta I don't go know. down those ladders. I don't know how many times you started going down the ladders and then accidentally climbed up the ladders. Mm -hmm. I did that nearly every single time. Every <laughs> single time. It, it is Whew, it is bad. Okay, so mm -hmm. in terms of modes of play, you don't have that twin stick shooter, that no. hacking minigame. What you do have is, at some point they played Diablo and thought, boy, hack and slash with a top-down camera is kind of cool. And so you have a section where the camera is up and you're looking down like you're playing loaded or reloaded mm -hmm. on PlayStation and that's what the game is like for a section of the game. Uh, okay. And then, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what you're going to say, but I'll just interject and just say, see that whole section, that isometric hack and slashy section. I love that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie; I thought it worked better than the main game. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, I genuinely thought if the whole game was like this, it would be better. <laughs> It would 100% be better. I I agree, actually. Um, then the other mode of play is, oddly enough, a very rudimentary text adventure. Mm -hmm. Which... I, 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 I liked. I liked it. I liked I it. It thought, got a bit long. It did. Mm -hmm. Especially on, like, ending B, C, yeah, yeah. E. But I like what it went for. And I'm going to leave it at that. Like, like I, I honestly am fairly ambivalent towards it. It's cool. Uh -huh. And the little stories it told were cool. Yeah. But I'm glad they only did it once. Put yeah. it that way. Like, most other things in the game, they do multiple times. Yeah, I think, to me, what it was, was a very good example 
of one of those situations where you're playing a game and you're going like, oh, I need to fight this enemy, I need to fight this boss. I need to beat this thing, but it's a completely like like when you go and fight a boss and all of a sudden it turns out you don't that oh god, I'm thinking tales again with Dahal Dahalim. You know, Dahalim, like, yeah. Who you think is your enemy is not your enemy. It turns out it's your, like when a game subverts what you expect and says, do you know what? You're going to beat this entire forest area by reading these stories and answering questions correctly. I kind of like that. It, it is kind of cool. And, and and you don't know, first off, that you're going to have to answer questions. And so oh, that you're like, oh, got oh, me. What, co- what color was her eyes? Oh, geez. Uh-huh. Yeah, Red. I remember the first time I saw that. Um, It's always uh, green and... and uh, is, is it always the same? No, I think it's randomized, actually. I've got no idea, but if it's always randomized, I did really good. If it's always the same, then I don't know. <laughs> um, and the other mode of play is with the standard mode of play, which is the phone that dings when you're recording because I'm truly a professional. Hold on, I forgot to put on Do Not Disturb. There we go. But don't worry, Spotify has three new playlists for me. Ooh. Um. Okay, so what was I saying? Oh, the other what you could consider a mode of play is it's the standard third person hack and slash camera, but it's in facade and you have these room trials. How did you feel about the room trials? Uh, uh, like of, of everything less excited by less excited by, is that the right word? If you're Yoda, that was the correct sentence. Yeah, by less excited. No, that that doesn't even work as well. No, I I I, I was fairly ambivalent towards that side of things. Oddly, like, oh really? I, yeah, yeah. Like uh, for me, just, that was I a thought, oh, oh hey, sorry. good job, guys. This is this is interesting because yeah. I've never had to walk before ever, and then they come up with the. In case you don't I know, just, it is. It, it's if you're familiar with like Final Fantasy XII's law system of like okay, all of a sudden certain things are outlawed. If you perform this action, you get re- sent back to the start, and then they give you these puzzle rooms where there's all these bullet hell near attacks uh-huh. coming at you, and you have to use a limited move set to get to there unless you're smart and realize in the no running one the charge with the spear doesn't count as running, so you just zip 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 zip. Uh-huh. zip. Right to the end. See that it's the bit of the game. It frustrated me the most because those bullet patterny type things was what I ended up. It's what I loved near for, and what I got frustrated with Returnal with was I love all of that kind of thing, and it was put here. Except sometimes it just basically said exactly exactly that you cannot, you know, like dodge or roll or run yeah. or do, you can't do X, no magic y, attacks. No, yeah. And I, I find that like that to me isn't a. Ch- I'm challenging you by disabling some of your abilities. Frustrates me as a game mechanic because I feel like okay. Um, it says you can do all of these things, but we're not going to let you do it because we've designed a puzzle that is unsolvable or a much more difficult to solve if you can't do X, Y, or Z. I, this is a really clunky way of saying. I think it's lazy. Like, if your game was all about running about the place and jumping and you enter a puzzle and it says you can't jump to solve this puzzle, it's 
the puzzle itself isn't designed for the game that you're playing. It's designed for the fact that you can't jump. And uh, oh, does that even no, work? No, no, that's, a, that's right? a fairly coherent way to yeah. put that. So Okay, so to me, um, while what you said really makes me kind of reanalyze that because I hadn't thought of it that way. To me, this was as interesting a little gameplay twist as the text adventure was. Or the, we really like Resident Evil, so here, let's do Emile's Mansion. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, Emile's Mansion, by far the second best bit of the entire game is Emile's Mansion. I loved all of that as well. That should have been 80% of the game. It's just, here's Emile's giant spooky mansion. Go! Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can tell they really liked Resident Evil. They really mm -hmm. like it. Um, so yeah, Emile's Mansion for me is a giant highlight. But uh, yeah. yeah, for me, it, it was that kind of thing. It was just, oh, okay, here's a here's a new way to take these mechanics and put a spin on it. But when you put it that way, you're right. I think yeah. I hadn't thought of it the correct way. Good job, no, I Craig. Don't, I don't think I'm correct. I just think it feels a bit late. It feels a bit shoehorning a puzzle in that's artificial it's an artificial puzzle is the I succinct guess, way i guess the more elegant way to do it would not be having a giant thing of text that says these are outlawed it would be like you have to come to the conclusion through gameplay of like oh i can't run or this happens i have yeah to see. yeah exactly yeah okay yeah. that's a very good point mm -hmm. anyway sorry anyway i, I hate right. it when i come up with good points that I, I hate that. <laughs> I know. It, it's almost like we should have the most boring podcast ever to not come up with interesting points. Okay. So, where do we go from here, right? Like, I still have some notes, but a lot of them are to do with the story and what I think of Nier as a whole. So, we should probably talk a little bit about the story first and then we'll break into, like, what we think of the game as a whole. Right? And not as a giant black hole, as some people seem to think. So, story-wise... I, 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 I was about to say, do, you, I, I, do I go off into monologue? Because it's going to be damning. Okay, alright. Okay, well then, uh, let me let me get this little thingy off my chest, because we might both have a monologue uh -huh. here. Um, and I'm selfish. So... I think the game works better as Papa Nier than Brother Nier for many reasons. Some of them are the themes the game is going for. So, as Papa Nier, you're doing this all for your daughter. In which case, the way the game tries to make you feel guilty for not being home with your sister or daughter plays better because you're a dad that's doing things for your daughter except for the one thing that your daughter wants and that's for you to just be there I think that theme plays very well i think the relationship that you have with kaine plays better when you view her especially with the ending that you can do where you don't view her more as a romantic interest you view her more as a well this is somebody who still has a lot of their life ahead of them uh, I think a lot of the emotional punches, like with Emil, work better when it's an older person taking a younger person under their wing, as opposed to the power of friendship. Uh, I just think a lot of the gut punches this had worked better 
as Papa Nier. Now, the question is, you coming to this as only knowing Brother Nier, how do you feel about that? Yeah, so, like, I think looking at the relationship with Yona, it is very much, to me, you're you take on that brotherly role like you do you do feel a slight bit of impact because there are no paternal or maternal figures in the story not even in that intro bit if you're and you know like trying to protect her but from where i am from where i sit in my fatherly chair the entire game is geared towards papa near everything well, about like, it j- just small things like that scene where you have to eat yona's cooking to me that works better as a father's scene than it does a brother scene now yeah. luckily i'm both a brother and a father so i can uh, both both uh viewpoints i can do but i i think all of the themes this works towards don't work right like I I, I, I I don't want to say that it doesn't work. I just think it has much, much, much less impact. And I'm I'm trying I'm questioning and querying myself over because I have over recent years become much more emotional and paternally horror show I don't know, crying at the end of Disney films type stuff when you try and do it. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? It's that yeah. same feeling that applies. You get more sentimental. To, yeah, it applies to this. I think if you were Daddy Near, I would have felt a lot more. Um. Well, okay. So the first time I played it, hold on. I'm going to double check the year, right? Oh, no. Or if we've done something uh. wrong. No, 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 no. I, I went, like, because, it, okay, it was 27, 2010. So, Abby was five years old the first time I played it. And it hit the same, and arguably to be the father of a five-year-old, you just have to stop them from running into walls while holding a stick. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, oh, that's yeah. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're not really people yet. They're these little homunculus that sort of resemble people. Um... And the the parentage themes hit me just as much now as they did then. And just in case you're wondering if I'm just a sap, like, you know, oh, there's parents mentioned Dave's going to just melt. Like, it didn't work on, like, Walking Dead. I didn't care about the Clementine and uh, what's his name? I, don't, I didn't watch a lot of The Walking Dead. It was garbage. No, 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 the game. The Telltale game. I didn't, I've never played The Walking Dead Telltale. Oh, yet. so like the whole relationship between like Clem and Lee didn't do anything for me as a as like a father, right? Like like it doesn't. Most times when they go for parenting feelings, it doesn't hit me because it feels false. This worked on me in terms of I understand the parenting themes it went for. So for you, you are also a brother and a father because our parents didn't know when to stop. Yep. Um, they should have stopped at me. I, you know, I feel the same way. They should have <laughs> stopped at me. I was the second one, so it's a little hard to do. But 
in terms of then how this emotionally hits you? Did it still hit you? Not in the same way. Not absolutely not in the same way. And I, it feels really crap to say, not crap to say, but I think that slight change in why you're doing what you're doing, this is my daughter and I have to protect and Kaini as, you know, like some weird young person gone astray that has no clothes on and all this kind of stuff. And Emil, especially Emil, Emil feels like such a kid. He's just like yes. pain, it's painful. And see, like, of all of them, Emil got me the most because that felt like where you were with Nier, Emil was still a kid to you. So when he's like, I don't want to die. Right at the end, I was like, oh, fuck, that's an absolute... Oh, yeah, that was that... the worst thing you could have said right there because now there's a frog in my throat and I hate Exactly, you. exactly. Because, yep. oh, this poor wee guy was so brave. So, anyway, like, that's the bit, that's the bit that's easy. It's, it's the, the way I can explain it best is the relationship with Emil has more impact because of the age difference and the gen what you're trying to do. And I feel like had they left near as older near and you are dad paternal figure to the other characters, each of those characters would have a much more impact on your playthrough and life and fe feelings. Um, or, uh, even in these smaller scenes, right? Like, um, in this, it hit weird. Like, if you remember after the Village Airy, right, where you do the big boss fight that has all the, like, boobs on his neck. Mm-hmm. And Emil's like, oh, shit, I just killed a bunch of innocent people, and he's freaking out. In as brother near, that feels like, whoa, you're being a dick friend here by saying, eh, just get over it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you say that as Papa near, it hits differently because you're saying it now as a grizzled old guy. Yeah, As yeah. opposed to a teen guy. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's little things like that that I 100% I agree on. And, yes, the Emil got the frog in the throat still. Oh. Like, I've seen it before, and yeah. it still got the, oh, my gosh. So did the uh, the Devil and Popola thing. Got the frog in the throat, yeah, too, where you yeah, kill one yeah. of them, and then the other one freaks right out. Yeah. And that Wonderful is, voice performances. That voice performances, yes, as boss fights, stroke cutscenes, probably two of the most impactful bits of the entire game. In a nutshell, a hundred percent. I mean, I mean, I really like some of the facade stuff, right? Like um, the facade storyline. The wolves are stupid. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. The wolves are kind yeah. of stupid. I like how they finally, you know, they, they get their revenge. But, like, the end, uh, where you're in the tower, and it's like the men of the mask, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and it's like, ah, oh, that's good stuff. It's good. That stuff, like, when the king turns up and, and he's like, I'm here to fight and protect my town and stuff like that, it kind of got me and it felt kind of nice and humanizing and it was a good bit of story, but nowhere near... I felt like I didn't have as much of a connection with that entire bit as what I maybe... I don't know whether I skipped some cutscenes or something. I don't know what happened, but I was not connected to that bit of the game. Especially I, with I the would, king running in. I would say the facade bit hit me about as hard as, as Emil stuff did. Like, there was that... Like, even just the nice little throwaway line of, like, how many rules do we have for 
uh, dying for no good reason oh, no, yeah. kind of thing. It's like, ah, that's, that's a great line. I, I like that as a theme. The rule 1,275,472 says you can't trim your toenails at 10 o'clock in the morning. And I, I just think that's amazing. Like, that is absolutely... I love that as a concept. That concept, yeah. That concept mm-hmm. is really cool. It, 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 I think they could have done a little more to explore it rather mm-hmm. than just you kind of flit in, here's a little vignette, and then you flit away. Yeah. It was but more of a... I, it was a light touch on we have rules for everything, but the actual story is breaking or making new rules. Like, that, that was the bit of it was, you know, the king saying... Oh, we need to make a new rule so that we can wash our feet on a Sunday. I, I, I like that. That was made up. That wasn't part of the game. There isn't a feet no. washing mini game. Ah, <laughs> uh, but boy, it would have been better if you did because it would have been a great commentary <laughs> on how mini games are just as bad as washing your feet. Uh no, yeah, like like there wasn't much of it there, but it was just enough to leave an impact and have a really cool flavor to the world. Yeah. On the opposite token. I think all the stuff with the junkyard is kind of garbage. I hate that. I, I, it's like so stupid. all of it. Mm-hmm. Not even. Mm, no. Even the I mom was, that's running away mm. and and like it was like ah, I saw this coming a mile away. Didn't really. Yeah. Hit me. Uh, same there with was, um. Oh God. I might have forgotten. I've, I don't know. If, I know the mum runs away. Dies. She dies trying to run away with her boyfriend, yeah. She tries to run away with her boyfriend. You go back, and the boys are there, and they're sad. The only bit of it I thought was reasonably okay was the fact that when you go back later, and they're a bit more grown up about the whole thing. And I felt like real-life time went by slowly. I was still feeling the mum died thing, and they're already like, oh, that was years ago. And I'm like, I've only been playing this for 15 hours. <laughs> Dude, that was just Tuesday. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I think I think in that case, the gameplay itself really drags down the story. Um, kind of feel the same about Kine. So let's 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 uh, let's get into Kine. Mm-hmm. Okay, not literally. So here's the controversy about Kine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to ask you, and if this comes out terribly insensitive, we're going to cut it all. Okay. But you're never giving a 100% reason of why Kaine is called a freak and she's outcast. Right? You get very vague things of, like, she's different. She's not the same. She's something wrong with her. You, you never really get, like, an end. Here's why. You do. You do. I thought you did. I thought she was, like, part dark. Yes. Yes, like, like, yeah, but I mean, so is near, so is other people. Like, okay, like right, that, okay. To me, that really didn't explain it. Like, even the old lady was like, "No, you're different, and here's how." There was never any of that. So, outside of the game, the creators of the game, uh, Yokotaro and the writing team, have come out, unless I'm terribly mistaken, and saying that was because she was hermaphroditic, right? Which is why she dresses that way. Which is why she acts that way. If you want to read into that as an allegory for trans. Or for body dysmorphia. Or whatever. 
That's good. That's fine. It, it, it's good that you kept it vague, right? So people that maybe need a story like this can read into that story what they need. Like, and, and either find some, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Representation? Or just encouragement of like, hey, here's a cool role model, right? Like, I don't care. Either or. I think, I don't think the game 100% says that she's hermaphroditic and deals with any of that subject at all. It just leaves it as a baseless and she's different. And it's it, it's got the same ring as like J.K. Rowling saying, no, Dumbledore was gay. It's like, I didn't see that at all until you said that. Okay, that's weird. Um, she only she only said that and that only happened because she's already homophobic and transphobic. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it was the, no, 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 I have black friends approach mm, yeah. to the friends. That's like um, J.K. Rowling is pretty much the devil. For this, though, I completely and utterly like, agree. It, there's nowhere that it even hints at anything like that in the game. And I was, I was the same, I was looking out for it, and I kind of, I wonder how it addresses it, and it really doesn't, other than, like, oh my god, you're okay. Oh. I came into this going, okay, I want as I'm now a more mature adult by a little bit. I want to see if they can justify Kaine, and the answer is kind of no. They don't justify why she dresses like that. It's a bunch of theories outside of the game where people are like, no, she must dress like this because of this. It's never once like, dude, why are you dressing like that? That's weird. Not touched at all. Number two, the official justification of why Kaine is how Kaine is, is as weak as Hideo Kojima saying, no, she breathes through her skin, so that's why she needs a skimpy bikini. No, but no, like, no, no, but she did breathe through her skin. I just want to be clear. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> yep, uh, that poor lady mm -hmm. just was born that yep. way. She just so happened to have ginormous boobs yeah, and a great yeah, ass yeah. and dress that, that way. Where she gets Don't into, you dare sexualize if her. If they are on the helicopter port and she gets into the helicopter in a specific way, with her butt out, it's it's because she breathes through her butt. Uh, yeah, and, and the way she was acting in that jail cell, that was because she was scared and lonely and decided this made her feel comfortable. So don't you sexualize her, you pig. Um, exactly. I am, I am okay with having sexy ladies and sexy dudes in video games, but I want it to... Oh boy, but that's going to bring up um, souls again. But uh, I want it to either A, make sense in the world, or B, have the creator have enough balls to just say, I like big boobed ladies. That's why she's in the game. And I've seen plenty of creators do that, and that's perfectly fine. The Kaine, to me, adds an embarrassing layer to this. If um, you know what I mean. Like, I'm I almost embarrassed. Embarrassed by Kaine of like, jeez. Oh, oh, and this is I, I'm, I'm a man that likes sexy ladies with with sexy bits. I, I, I'm fine with it, but it 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 kind of detracts a little bit. Like if you're watching Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and then there's a four minute sex scene with a really sexy lady, you're just like, oh, okay, um, mm -hmm. all right, I guess. 
it, yeah. it detracts from it. It like it didn't detract anything because I I don't, I don't know why it didn't detract anything, but I think my th- problem with it is it didn't add anything. It doesn't it literally adds nothing to anything other than the odd comment of why are you wearing that? Do you want a tipple to dress? Do you know cover yourself up or something? It's really odd. Whereas to be gets sexualized in the very same way like you can buy an unlimited amount of little statues with her pants and things <laughs> like that yep yep like it's just it's just odd and like i, I do not i do not I, I view that as kind of an embarrassing part of automata too of like yes i guess she's she's a robot and she was created maybe to look this like this but you have no reason for why must we make our robots sexy? I, I, it, but again, I'm fine if she's just like, nah, I just like sexy robots. Okay, that's cool. That's fine. But it's never that. There's there's a legion of people like, no, this is good storytelling because this is why her ass crack must hang out. And this is why she's wearing a teddy that is roughly six sizes too small. <laughs> and I, I, I hate this because I sound like a prude, right? Like I sound like... Oh, you put sex in my games. No, it's not that. I, I don't care. It's just... it. It's dumb. I'm going to just flat out say it. It is dumb. And you could have had this character be really impactful to a certain group of people. Much like... Okay, here we go. Great example, Craig. Okay. I know we rely okay. on this example a lot. But it, it proves my point again. Cyanora Wild Hearts. Would not have hit okay. near as nice if she was a giant triple D with a honking Kim Kardashian ass. <laughs> it just wouldn't have hit the same, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I as long it. as you get Queen Latifah, I still would have played it. But yeah, it's it's just that it goes from the realm of interesting storytelling to just dumb. Nah. And Nier is a game that is very much trying to not be dumb. Like, it seems at odds with what it's trying to portray. Unless I have a completely wrong reading of this. And if I do, hit us up on the website and write me an essay or whatever. Because I'm very curious about this. To me, it, it smacks a hush. Or quiet. Or whatever. I think hush. Or was that yawn? One is the name of the giant snake from Resident Evil. And one is the lady with the bikini in Metal Gear Solid Five. Hush is the bikini. That's not quiet? Oh, no, it's quiet. You're right. What's hush? No, no, wait, wait. The giant snake is yawn. So who's hush? I don't know, but we need to find out. Who's hush? Oh, dear God. Okay, anyway. All right, so moving on past that. I'm sorry, I, I ranted for a little bit. Mm? So, in the end, Kaine, you... Go, Hulk speak. Me? Oh, I, I presume you're talking to me. Yeah, like, I just, honestly, and this sounds terrible because we do a podcast and we're supposed to analyse shit and all that, I just went, ah, weird Japanese shit, and just kind of rolled <laughs> with it. Like, literally. That, no, that's as good an answer as any, I, man. Like, that is as good. Like I just, I just thought that they're obviously like I didn't even want to look for an explanation as to why she was running about in underwear. I just, I just rolled with it because I just, 
I just thought whatever answer I find will be not as satisfying as just thinking, uh, uh, it's like that. It's like keep that. it classy, Japan. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. Did I cut that? Race? I don't. It's not racist. No, 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 no. That's not racist. It, I mean, it is. It is. It's just like you know, dumb Western stuff is tough, bald man with big gun. I yeah, mean, yeah, I suppose it's fine. Uh, okay, so while we're talking about the characters, uh, one other knock I have for this game that impacts gameplay and not just you know you playing it is I don't like how bosses don't take any damage until the VO is done. Yes, that drives uh, me insane. Yeah. Um, there's certain things that I can deal with like if there's a boss coming in animation the boss is growing out of the ground and you run in and you might hit a wee bit early and you might not do damage but you're like okay fair enough then the boss is not quite there but the dude is just talking just yeah especially at the end the, the end fight that you have to do oh. what like four times yeah I that's why God made cutscenes Make it a cutscene and then go. But yeah, it, it, it really started to wear on me by about ending B, ending C. I'm just like, oh my gosh. So Did you get yeah that did you get trapped in the the one bit that I really loved, and this is a, a sidetrack, but towards the end, that loop of running through the door at the top and then ended up back at the start of the wheeled gardeny type area. I knew from the first time I played Oh, right, did okay. you have to talk to the doves? But what mm-hmm. about you? How did you hit it? I went around a couple of times and then <laughs> either Googled it or spoke to you. I can't remember which. Um, and got it. Yeah, a uh, uh, fair, fair, fair play. Um, we're recording this way quite a bit after playing it because mm-hmm. of Craig's move and whatnot. It just yep. didn't work out. So if we're a little squiffy on some details, you can yell us at thebiteffect.com and mm. you can yell at us to your heart's content. And I'll read every word of it. And then probably eat some cheese and crackers because now I'm depressed. But um, yeah, yeah, I remember you talking to the doves. It's like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah I got it. Now here's a char- another character question I have for you. And no, our strong suit is very much not analyzing story and characters. Yeah, oh God, no. Our our strong point is talking about game mechanics. But so is seeing a meal in this change the way you view him in Automata? Yes, because I remember oh. we didn't talk about that. All of the things, of all of the things, and all of the, all of the places and all of the games, Emil is one thing that, because I've played this, I now want to replay Automata, because there's things already pinging in my brain from when you meet Emil on Automata that I'm like, oh, I really want to play. It's the only thing out of the game that's made me want to play Automata again. The rest of it could, it didn't have that effect. All right, um, before we get into final thoughts, I want to talk about, in very stark contrast, the end of this and the end of Automata. Uh, okay, so, again, I think the emotional hit of erasing yourself as a person hits harder as a father doing it so his daughter can live as opposed to a brother doing it. Mm-hmm. We already talked about that. I don't... At the time, this was, like, all over the internet. Like, this blew up of, like... Oh my gosh, the end of this game, it marries perfect narrative and gameplay and all the stuff you read about near Automata, but don't just take away Automata and put near. 
like a lot of it just blew up over the internet. Having done them both, I think the way Automata does it is a lot more elegant than this because Automata has that that narrative beat where I don't want to spoil Automata if you haven't played it, but let's say you're up against hopeless odds, right? Mm-hmm. And you die again and again and again, and then you start getting the encouragement from other sources. Yes. And they're encouraging you and they're helping you. And there's all of that emotionality that goes into it. Whereas this mm-hmm. is very much just a, Hey, you done playing? You ready to delete your file? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. How about, that, how did it hit you? That was exactly, exactly the thing that I got from near Automata that I knew was going to happen with this because I Googled it. Uh, Automata, that, that got the frog in the throat too, by the way. Mm-hmm. That, the ending there. Oh, Oh, honestly, that game is so good. Um, so this this went full circle back to how I started this, which was I wanted to see how Automata got to be as good as what it was. And this was exactly it. This was like from deleting file saves to multiple endings to different uh, modes of engagement with the story to, you know, the, like the combat. Everything here shows you where Automata got its chops from. And it, but everything here now that we've played Automata feels like early idea proof of concept type prototype prototyping. Yeah, not the game prototype because that game is excellent. But I mean, like, so you say it's excellent. It is an excellent game, and I will not have you say any different. <laughs> yes, sir. Um. So yeah, like I think. Oh, where was I? Yeah, we're talking uh, comparison between the two. Oh yeah, like like so that is my comparison between two. Without being final thoughts, say I am so glad. No, that is my exact final thought. Okay. Never mind. Well, let's Sorry. let's start moving on towards final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, I want to steal a little bit of from our sister show. Mm-hmm. Do you think this remaster is worth playing? Um, With and without playing, having played Automata. Uh, okay, here's an odd one. I personally think that having played Automata, I got a lot of satisfaction and appreciation for what that does by playing this. It gave me the good vibes, the good feelings. Oh, this is this is why they've done this. This is why this has changed. So I think if you've played Automata and you think, I love that game, play this. It's probably not as good, but you get a lot out of it. But if you haven't played Automata, I don't think this is near as near. Ha, said it again. <laughs> God, me edit that everywhere. Um I don't <laughs> I don't think it's that great because it is a bit clunky, a bit old, a bit drawn out, a bit side questy, guff, a, just a bit fushty. All right, I the incredibly scientific term fushty. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, I'm gonna side as yes. You should play this, even if you haven't played Automata, but know what you're getting into. Um. Because I think the things, 
arguably, if you were to boil this down to its base component parts, the only thing that this does well is character development and story. Overarching story. I think it does both those things well. I genuinely cared about all the characters in this game. Even what are arguably spoilery, the villains of the story, you still cared for. So I think that's still enough of a reason for me to be glad that I replayed it, right? Like, like I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot how adorable Emil was kind yeah. of thing. I think you might be right. Like, like something that had there, like, Emil is adorable and, and just, like, a beautiful soul. Like, cuddles and everything. You, you, you want to protect him? Your sister, yeah, absolutely lovely. And you want to go and visit her to see how she's doing. Um, the bit that you just, just twigged with me is when... How spoiler are we again? Uh, and everything that's not ending E. Okay, so I think it's fair game. Like, getting to the end and having Devla and Popla be a mini boss or a gate towards the final thing, it was kind of obvious that it was going to happen. When they started hanging about together in the library, you're like, oh, hang on a second here. Yeah, something's going on. Something funky is happening here, and then you have to fight them. That was a massive like when you go and murder someone and then feel bad about it because their family member is like no it all worked really well yeah she didn't just go no she like like flipped out freaked mm -hmm. out just went nuclear man yeah, yeah um that was surprising or or even the small scenes of like if you remember the scene where there's all those little round balls that are coming out. And when you play through on ending A, they're like, no, they're just babies. Don't stop. And then you play ending B and C and you're like, oh, oh, they were. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, like, okay, this is this is the final thing I want to talk about before. Final thoughts. Does the multiple ending thing work here? Because everything this did, A, B, C, and D, could have just been all in one single playthrough, and it would have felt more full and more alive and more yeah. interesting. Yeah. So this is my problem, my big problem, or the big okay. DNA difference is, no, it doesn't work in the slightest. It works as a proof of concept, yes. But the, the the mere fact that you play the same character in ending B, but with some slight different dialogue and some slightly... Yeah, you can hear the shades now. That's it. Yeah. I, I just think that's not enough to replay half the game. It's not... I 100% agree. Yeah, whereas you go from 2B and then all of a sudden you're 9... You play 9S... And you're like, and then what is it? Two A? Yeah. Or? The bit, the bit that got me. I think it's. Hang on, let me press my, let me press my home button. Oh no, it's my PlayStation froze up the stairs. Um, the end bit where you fight nine B, the nine B, two B, and nine S fight, and you see that from both sides. Like I was cut up fighting nine S when I was playing my first playthrough as two B, and then it flips it around in your nine S, and you're like. Oh my goodness, this is it's so multi-layered and how good 
it retells the story from a different point of view. This like yeah. like near replicant does it does not do that. No, like like and arguably a lot of it is kind of bad. Like the whole wolves thing. I didn't need to see the wolves' point of view. They were wolves. It's fine. <laughs> um, like like there are some interesting bits where at the end you finally get to hear what the other neater says mm-hmm. to Yona, but that's not worth a full playthrough. No. Like I, I I honestly think if you took A, B, and C and smashed it all into one, this game would be a hell of a lot better. Yeah. It's almost like do you know what would be cool? If you could put huh. on a ring to hear what the enemies are saying. <laughs> or you know what even better? Even better, Craig, what if you had to do some tedious side quests, but your reward was seeing the shade's point of view? Instead of just uh, getting a weapon that you're not ever going to use. Uh, yeah. I get it. We're Monday morning quarterbacking on mm-hmm. a game that is like 12 years old. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, as my final note, I believe I read this to you, Craig, at the beginning of this. The way I felt about this is that I want to put Swery, Suda, David Cage, and Yokotaro in a room and slap them repeatedly over and over and over again because every single one of them has these really cool ideas and then just sucks at making a video game every single one of them yokotaro had some really cool ideas here and then he mucked them all up by putting them in a video game um and arguably i think the smartest thing to do would be to pair one of these people whether it be David Cage or Suda51 or Yokotaro, with a company like Platinum that can nail the gameplay end of it. Because in every single one of these games, like, Craig, I don't think you've ever played Killer7, but Killer7 is an amazing game that sucks as a video game. Have you ever heard of it? No, no. You're a hitman in a wheelchair with seven different personalities. Okay, and I'm you sold. play as the seven different personalities. <laughs> it's a really cool idea, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, super cell shaded, and it was yeah. on the GameCube, and it's great. And then you end up playing it, and you're like, "This is the worst video game ever," but a really cool idea. Um, I, I think the eventual pairing of Yokotaro with Platinum is the smartest thing that ever happened, because what sucks here is the video game. Like, this is a video game that hides everything good about it behind this wall of tedium and i think we also talked about this but this is the first video game to ever make me think after getting ending a b c d and e who the fuck do you think you are you don't you don't have the right to ask this of anybody and that is a really conflicted way to feel for me because we've talked over what's wonderful about this game but it is just yeah yeah so it's you craig yes. thoughts oh god i i don't feel do i feel as strongly i, I, I don't know i, I can't I, I think the fence is always going to be firmly up my buttocks because i've been Ooh. sitting on it for so long but I I am almost wholly in agreement with you. Like the expectation that you're going to play through this game several times 
to like narratively figure out very little or to garner very little information or to not not get the full experience without having to redo and read and, and really work it's asking you to it's not asking you to like engage with an interest it's asking you to properly work to figure out what the hell is going on is unfair like i think it's really unfair it's a bit like if you had to do multiple choice questions in the middle of a film or something <laughs> like that's a really stupid example yeah. maybe but it's like it's like just to, no 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 you watch 20 minutes of a good film and then you have to go out and mow the lawn and then you can come back in watch another 20 minutes and then you've got to go do the dishes and then you can come back and watch more that's what it feels like arguably this is the exact reason we're never doing a no more heroes because i feel exactly the same way okay. sorry oh god anyway um yeah so i just that's where i sit with it like overall I like I can't I can't say I hated my time with it. Never, I, I never would say I hated it. I would just say it's not. It, Let's it, boil it, this it, down to one question, Craig. Mm-hmm. Will you ever play this again? No, no, no. And it, I, I was forming something there in my brain. The reason I wouldn't play it again is not because it's dated. It's because it's kind of guff and the way it's presented like the whole like traveling between areas and maps and like like a lot of it feels dated but it's it's good it's solid there's some solid foundations there it's just mostly not great tedious tedious yeah yeah and you've said it several times you like you've used the t-word several times oh, i'm sorry it's, it's very tedious now, I do want to say, before we quit, I am very happy that Squaresoft decided... Squaresoft, oh my gosh, what is this, 94? Whew. Square Enix. Sorry, guys, I didn't mean to insult the, the Enix part of it. <laughs> um, I am so wonderfully happy they brought this back. Like, I am very happy, even though I came out of this appreciating more but that neon sign that says jank is now followed by a neon sign that says tedium but i i'm very glad they did this so don't take this as a off oh, they never should have remastered it it was a waste of time i i think this was a phenomenal gift across the board they took a game that didn't do well garnered a very small cult following and decided to make a sequel to it, which is bonkers, and then said, nah, you know what, let's go back and clean that up a little bit. And I am very glad they did. Yeah, I think maybe just partnering with Platinum gave them the confidence to go back and try again. But Yeah, or it doesn't even have to be Platinum. Like, we're not just saying, oh, it was Platinum yeah, that made yeah. their automata good. Just a company that works on mechanics a lot and has i guess the balls to tell mr moonface this is a bad idea in terms of gameplay don't don't do it and that's not to say the automata did not have a fair share of tedium it's just that it was far outweighed by everything else all right do we have anything left you want to say before i close this out craig absolutely nothing i think got a lot off my chest tonight we're near the end. 
Indeed. It's a shame we couldn't give this all nine S's. Nines. Nines. I didn't get that one. Ow. Well, maybe I should have, uh, you know, I'll... My goal for the next episode is to be more funny. I don't... I, I, I don't think you can. I think you replicant. Well, you're a being really thick now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. That's just dad humor. Um, no, I, I am very happy we decided to do this. So, if you have anything to say uh, about the way we handled this episode or what we said in this episode, I would love to hear what you say. Uh, you can do so at thebiteffect.com, uh, where even if you want us to suggest a game, we can do that too. So you can hit us up there. Other than that, Craig, after doing two JRPGs in one month. Yep. And they're going to find us dead with our tongues on the floor. What do you say we spend a little time in Drang Lake to recharge with Summer Souls? Oh, that sounds good. It sounds very good. I, like, the possibility of smashing my face against the wall sounds so much more appealing <laughs> than playing new. That's really damning sounding, isn't it? After all of what we've said. That really is. <laughs> uh, Alright, so coming up, we have our half-year special where we talk about... We each pick three games that have kind of made an impact on us and are kind of our running bet for might might be game of the year. And we talk about each pick. Uh, none of us are allowed to pick Elden Ring because, duh. Uh, so we have that coming up next. And then after that, uh, Dark Souls 2, Scholar of the First Sin. And boy, howdy, that's going to be a biggin'. So I'm very much looking forward to that because it is my favorite Souls game. And if anybody says otherwise, they're wrong or lying. All right. Craig, thank you very much for playing through Nier with me. This was fun. Thank you for having me. And let's not play this effort again. <laughs> I say amen. All right. We will catch you next time on our Game of the Half Year, Half of the Year game, um, our mid-year special. Thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time.